Mini episode 1244 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode 1243. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. This is part 20 of our Coronavirus Crisis 2020 series, and uh, today we are talking about a sporting event that has been greatly changed by the coronavirus crisis. Uh, It is the Belmont Stakes, the 2020 Belmont Stakes. It will be the first leg of the Triple Crown. It is happening this Saturday, June 20th. Uh, Still in New York, that part of it is still as per usual, but they're moving up the post time about an hour. It'll be 5.42 on NBC, a mile and an eighth this time around. Uh, Not the usual uh, very, very much marathon distance that the the Belmont is noted for, and it is the first time since 1926 that it is going to be a shorter race than usual in that sense. Uh, We have the two gentlemen in the FDH Lounge, my two good friends, who very, very much uh, embody the term railbird, and I have had them on separately a couple of different times, and I think together at least once or twice for this. We are going to do uh, a uh, serpentine draft here, as we generally do, not merely for the Belmont, but also the overall Triple Crown. Again, who can even say, when you get into the Kentucky Derby Labor Day weekend, it sounds weird to say that, much like the Preakness in October, how many of these horses are still going to be running in these races? It is far more unforeseen than usual, anything beyond the first race, which again, oddly enough this time, the Belmont, and with no spectators. But uh, gentlemen, we had on last year, uh, one of, my good friend, one of our longest-running FDH Lounge dignitaries, uh, you can catch him on the Callous Remarks podcast with good friend Joe Stazak. Uh, from 97.5, uh, the, the fanatic in Philadelphia. You, you can also uh, you, you can you can hear uh, Steve making regular appearances on Joe Stazak's show there as well. My good friend Steve Callis. <laughs> as I get ahead of myself here, uh, I have the counselor Steve Callis. How you doing, my friend? All good. It's great to be with both of you guys. Looking forward to this. But, uh, yes, good to have you on. And uh, my good friend, also longtime FDH Lounge dignitary. We go all the way back to the old Sports Talk Network days here of uh, doing shows together. My good friend, Bob Glassman, joining us for today's proceedings. Bob, good to have you on, as always, my friend. Uh, It's great to be with you guys. Uh, I hope to break the 10-year streak of not winning against either of you. So maybe (laughs) the reverse order of what we're doing, you know, may have some good karma to it. But uh, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, We we shall see. Uh, I've... I've had pretty good luck in these things over the years, uh, despite uh, always being the least of the railbirds involved in this thing here. We've done this thing. Uh, Sometimes our third chair has been occupied uh, by the great uh, Jody McDonald. Uh, I am honored to have been able to hold my own in these things over a period of time. 
We did, as usual, a draw for position here. As we go through, it'll be a three-round serpentine draft. So you're going to have nine of the ten horses in the Belmont uh, being selected by the time we are all said and done. Uh, let's count our way up from three to one. In the third spot, it is Bob Glassman. In the second spot, yours truly, Rick Morris. That means, Steve Callis, you finally, you have thirsted for years <laughs> to draw the number one spot, and this is a good year for it. I have to yeah, say, no, it's an no, excellent I, I year. I think, Rick, uh, you know, in order to get the esteemed uh, Callis, you know, to join us, you know, you, you had to assure him that I think there may have been some inner workings behind this, but okay. <laughs> well, just so you know, just so you know, Bob, last year with Jody Mack, when he got the first pick and I got the third, I asked if we could, like, put it on videotape or live stream Rick actually doing the draw, because there was, like, five years there where I just couldn't be number one. And now there's an obvious number one who I probably will select for a horse thing, but I don't think I'm picking them in the Belmont. But we'll see. <laughs> well, really interesting because there there have been times where uh, Jody Mack was number one where he wouldn't necessarily go what I felt like was the obvious way. And I say that uh, in, in uh, a couple of years back uh, with, with uh, Justified, uh, you know, I, I sat there. I was able to get that horse number two, much to my slack-jawed <laughs> amazement. So, you know, sometimes it goes that way. Sometimes we get the unexpected. Uh, this is a race where, again, it uh, doesn't have that uh, Bob Baffert flavor as far as uh, having your favorites in the race here, as far as, again, potentially horses going for the third leg of the Triple Crown. First of all, it's, the, it's as we said, it's the first leg. It's shorter this year, whatever. But Baffert is not going to have uh, Charlatan or Nadal in the race here. Uh, so it, it's going to be a little bit different in that regard. Before we set this up, uh, I want to get thoughts from each of you just on the overall nature of this year's proceedings, things being uh, different because of the coronavirus lockdown, as far as the place on the schedule, as far as the length of it, any place you want to take it. I'll start with the guy whose backyard this is in, Steve Callis, in the New York area here. Take it away with your thoughts about a Belmont unlike any we've ever seen before. Well, it's hard to even research it because you can't look at past Belmont statistics. You know, for example, 23 horses have won the Belmont from post one, but that's at a mile and a half. That's around two turns. It's a mile and an eighth, and it's around one turn. And, you know, they call Belmont the Big Sandy because those turns are so wide and sweeping. So you almost have to throw all of that out. Papit um, has hired three Belmont winners, but that means they can usually get the distance. But that doesn't really matter as much for a mile and an eighth. So I think if you looked at the history of the Belmont, as I did at the beginning, that turned out to be, frankly, a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even, even as you know, when the Derby starts, I always thought it was weird. The Derby's a mile and a quarter, the Preakness a mile and three sixteenths. They go shooter in the second race. That never made any sense to me. And then the Belmont a mile and a half. You're going to have a similar kind of thing, only because the Belmont is now a mile and an eighth, which is no triple crown race. So I found it interesting from a handicapping perspective, but I'll say it again. To do the history of the Belmont was pretty much a waste of time, in my opinion, other than to know that some horses have difficulty around the track at Belmont. 
But when the Belmont is the Belmont, again, that's two turns. This year it's one turn. Yeah, it's uh, very, very much unique. Uh, it'll it'll have, I don't know if it's fair to say an asterisk on it, but it, it'll it'll definitely stand out in the history books. So there will be paragraphs about this year's race of why it was different than other races, no question about that. Uh, Bob Glassman, before we get started on this, same thing with you. Thoughts on this race uh, being different, whether it be the placement on the calendar, the length of the race, no fans in the stands. Uh, th this thing is different more ways than you can count. Uh, very much so. Uh, the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll tag on with uh, Steve about is the fact that uh, a, a one-turn race you know, maybe that will make a difference and give a front runner uh, more of a chance. But you, you just throw everything else out, and and that's why I'm 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 confident that you know that throwing all uh, interests out, uh, you know, normal thoughts that uh, that maybe I would uh, do better this year. But uh, the things that uh, that is interesting in that you know we're not doing this for all uh, you know like we would traditionally. For all of the uh, Triple Crown is that uh, Bob Baffert sandbagging a little bit with holding back a few horses, and uh, it's just yeah, it's, he's got a totally different feel. And uh, but interesting, it's a horse race, and uh, from from betting uh, at 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 Alcara Park this afternoon, I'm happy to be betting at Belmont, you know, on, on, on Saturday. Well, there is that. By the way, you raise an interesting point there, uh, Bob, and, and a wrinkle that I hadn't thought of previously. This has never come up in any of our previous Triple Crown drafts that we've done where the races have been at the predictable intervals uh, here uh, uh, two weeks out and then three weeks from there. Uh, what I would say is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the rules of the game, Anybody wants to take Charlatan, anybody wants to go in that direction, have at it. I mean, it's, you're going to get a zilch for the Belmont, but uh, if anybody's uh, feeling froggy in that regard, any horses, and you guys would both be far more up on that than me. Charlatan's the only one I know of uh, that of any prominence that didn't make it into this race, uh, but uh, you guys may have some other ones here. So that might be a nice third-round sleeper uh, if either of you guys wants to go in that direction. And uh, take a horse that uh, you think could be primed for the Derby and or the Preakness. But uh, we start with, with you, Steve Callis. Uh, you are on the clock. And uh, as you said uh, before, as we alluded to, there is a fairly obvious favorite here in this race. Tis the Law. And uh, this is a horse, uh, again, having come in off of the Florida Derby. Uh, no New York bred horse has won the Belmont since 1882. It has the best buyer speed rating of 100. Uh, only five horses in history have won from the number eight spot, but again, this is a fairly widely populated race relative to some of them, so I don't know how much uh, that bears in. Plus, again, number eight might be a little bit more disadvantageous in a longer race. I don't know, so I don't know how much that would have to do with it. The New York thing to me seems completely random. Uh, we've talked about this in past years here of things that hadn't happened in, in such a period of time. I think there was a thing of uh, one of the horses hadn't run as a two-year-old, and I remember saying I think that that is pretty much irrelevant, and it proved to be. I don't remember if it was justified or, or who it was, but I remember that being the case. This one here, this 1882 thing, seems random to me. So everything is stacked in that direction, Steve, but you hinted before this may or may not be your pick uh, for this here, for this draft. Which way are you going to go? Well, if, if we're going for the draft, 
draft, I will not be Jody Mack. You know I'm always trying to beat the favorite, and I'm going to try and beat the favorite when we make our specific moment selection. But if we're going for three races, given this group, and there's really only three or four in this group to me who are even competitive, you're right, maybe Baffert in the third round if you want to take a shot. But I'm going to take Tiz the Law for the purposes of our uh, <laughs> of our competition. Uh, and if you want me to support him now, I'm happy to. Or do you want me to talk about who I'm going to pitch? Are we going to do the draft and then do selections for the month? Is yeah, that we'll, do? We'll, do it okay. the, we'll do it the traditional way here. So, yeah, so that uh, I'll okay, get Okay, I'll take, I'll take Tiz the Law. And when you talk about New York Reds, I'm sure you both know that Funnyside, trained by Barkley Tag, who trains Tiz the Law, in 2003, he won the Derby and the Preakness and finished third in the Belmont. But again, to me, since the Belmont's a mile and an eighth, did he win the Belmont when he won the Preakness and the Derby in 2003 with a New York bread? Because I think the New York winners all go back to the 1800s and were free like before 1900, and nobody's won the Belmont since. But again, this is a different month because it's a lot shorter, only a mile and an eighth. So, trying to accumulate points against you guys, and not like wanting to be Jody Mack, although I think he's great, obviously. I'll take Tis the Law as my first selection. Well, uh, Steve, uh, if I can never give one second with yeah. Parkway Tag, I think he's the only trainer that uh, trained during the. Uh, 1918 uh, that a lot of people would go with under these circumstances. There's no consensus number two, but a relatively common number two pick from a lot of the analysis I've read will be my selection, Dr. Post. And uh, I know it was a very tough trip at uh, Gulfstream. This is a horse where, again, from, from everything I've been reading about, a lot of it seems to be dependent on that. That, uh, you know, if, it, if he gets a bad trip, if, if there's any kind of jostling or anything like that, you know, again, I'll know by the first turn whether I have any prayer or not. But, uh, you know, if he gets out of it clean, if he's in the clean air, I like my chances of getting him in the money. By the way, same scoring system as per usual. 15 points per win, 10 for second place, 5 for third place. So that'll be uh, my pick there. Uh, Steve, let me get thoughts from you before I go to Bob for his thoughts on it and his two picks. Well, I think he's one of the best four or so horses who can win, Todd Pletcher, you know, is Todd Pletcher. He had originally some trouble in the Triple Crown races, but now he's Todd Pletcher in virtually all of them. Uh, I give him a big shot. You know, a lot depends what's going to happen on the front end, which we'll talk about later. Um, but he's one who stick up the pieces, come from behind it, which there's a few in this race. And I'm sure Bob is going to pick one or two of them with it coming up. But yeah, he's one of the ones I think is a live horse in this race. And you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But he certainly is a good selection. I thought he'd be picked, you know, second or third, somewhere around there. After the first one, to me, there's about four you could pick, second or third or fourth or fifth. I'm hoping I still have a live opportunity here in the uh, second round at one of these ones. But, uh, Bob, you're going to make the final selection of the first round, the first one of the second round. Before you get those picks in, your thoughts on Dr. Post? 
Uh, good choice. Um, Thank you. I, you know, when when I when I see a horse race and you see the connections, uh, when you see uh, Todd Pletcher and Erod Ortiz Jr., um, it's you know it's it's very compelling. You know, uh, next to his uh, racing form. Okay. Well, thank you. That's exactly what I was fishing for. So, <laughs> so, all right. You you got a couple pretty live possibilities left here as well, uh, Bob. Nobody should be feeling well, they, too they're, sorry they're for they're you. They're live. Yeah, yes. that, that they have, and they have four legs. That, that I know. <laughs> uh, nobody um, should be feeling too sorry for you. You're going to get your two picks in before uh, Steve and I get our second selection. So, uh, who's who's the next yeah, ones up on your board? I'll, I'll keep trying to you know throw that in. Get a little more uh, sympathy for me, but uh, uh, up of Steve's thought about uh, how the horses, how the race is going to be run, um, I will lead off with a thirty to one morning line uh, trained by Doug O'Neill and brother Jose Ortiz, uh, the number six four left, um, who's won on the Belmont track before, which is always in something you know uh, that's been meaningful to me a horse that's one on the track that he's racing on and he is for out of, uh, without doubt the front runner in a group of, of potential uh, late runners well one of one, interesting. Of the, one of the front runners interesting and and he should benefit from a shorter track that's some of the stuff that i've uh, read so the fact that he's one at the belmont should benefit from the shorter track is a good combo yeah, I think, uh, look, Doug O'Neill's a top trainer. I'm surprised he put him in. Apparently, he was supposed to be in the Woody Stevens on Belmont Day, which is a seven furlong sprint, but he must have raced so well last time that they said, let's take a shot. It's true that there's not a lot of speed in this race, but now that four left is in the race, even Barkley Tag, who's really understated, said, oh, yeah, that's a good thing that he's in the race, because <laughs> you assume he's going to blast out of there, and they tap it to win, is going to blast out of there, and there wasn't a lot of speed, but I think he turns the analysis, which we'll get to later, I think four left turns the analysis on its head, and I'll say it again, people are going to be saying, what's Doug O'Neill doing? But he's Doug O'Neill, so he's a top trainer, and he knows what he's doing, and I think they think they can steal one here if Tis the Law doesn't race to what he is. Four left, I think, has as good a chance as any to beat all the other ones. So he might be relying on a step back for Tis the Law, uh, but I think, you know, he's right. If you're going to take a chance to win a Belmont at only a mile and a half, if it was a mile and a half, there's no way he'd be in. But at a mile and an eighth, I think he has a chance. Well, and, 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 a, and a one turn race. Correct. Yeah, yes. that's right. What, one more thing about that, guys, too. Four left. Most starts of anybody in this race, nine of them, and tied for the most wins on any horse. Uh, four times this horse has won, so it, it's got a good record in that regard. So uh, that was that was a little bit of a curveball because of the morning line, uh, Bob, but definitely a live pick there. And uh, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is, is how I bet, and, and Rick, we talked about it, and I know Steve, uh, we have to, you know, uh, using TVG as a very bad vice and not being able to read the form and being able to bet races on and off. Uh, I'll, I'll sometimes bet by names or colors or <laughs> any whimsical factor. And in this case, um, I'll take somebody who's not too much of a long shot, um, a trainer I like better on the turf than dirt, 
but uh, I had grandsons the last time that we spoke by the name of Lucas, and with a jockey by the name of Emmett Tennant, uh, Lucas is Luca, uh, uh, I'll take the Patbian Tone train, uh, number two, Solomonte. Interesting. That was, that was one of the two that I would have gone for uh, had he been there. Uh, only raced uh, 10 days before this uh, race here at, uh, at Gulfstream. I take it that's not something that's going to scare you too much. No, but, you know, this, this is just such an upside-down year, given everything that's going on, that uh, maybe maybe it makes sense when uh, little else in the world seems to. Hey, there you go. So we will get to my pick then. Uh, so my pick up next is going to be Tap It to Win. And uh, it's a horse that I like as a strong closer. And uh, again, uh, you're, you're looking at uh, potentially a back-to-back -back scenario here uh, for uh, the trainer. Uh, this is a horse, uh, of course, that, that's rarely done at the Belmont, a horse with a lifetime record of three wins uh, and uh, one place, zero shows out of six races, morning line of, I believe, six to one as we're recording this now. So I got the second and the third ones on my uh, board, actually, so I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, Bob, your thoughts on Tap It to Win? No, I agree. I mean, and again, I mean, at this point, Rick, looking at combinations, and you look at Mark Cassie, and you look at the venerable John Velasquez, and, uh, and the record of the horse, and and his uh, breeding, and you think that he does have, a, you know, deserves to be uh, close in on the morning line, and really after, you know, really has as good a chance to win as pretty much anybody. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I would like um, to think got, so. You know, and, he, and he's got, you know, he, if you look at the, the, the past posts, he's gotten bumped a little bit, he's gotten pulled around a little bit that if he gets a, a good race, which is an interesting uh, thought. Well, it, it all Rick, it always makes a difference, you know. When you see the horses come out of the gate, that's the first thing I look at. Who got a clean break? Who didn't? Uh, the first 50 yards to me uh, tell a lot. And uh, and if, if he can get out of the gate cleanly, uh, and I have a feeling that given everything, I Knowing nothing, obviously I know nothing, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, you know, that, that makes a difference, too. That, that was an angle I like as well. It, uh, yeah, and I'm liking my, my double up here as far as the trainers go with uh, with Todd Fletcher and Mark Cassie so far. You're, you're talking about two guys pretty successful in that regard, so I'm, I'm happy with uh, being able to get that. Uh, I'm very unhappy with your selection of Tappet to win, because of course he would be my next one, but he's, uh, you know, as we, as we talked about when Bob picked four left, to me, Tappet to win had a really big chance to win. I still think he has a really good chance to win, but he had a gigantic chance to win, because you guys were talking before about liking a horse who's got a win at the track, and he won at the track 16 days ago at a mile and the 16th, which is only 110 yards less than a mile and an eighth. He almost broke the track record. He came within a half a second of breaking the track record and did it easily. I understand it wasn't in the toughest, you know, it was in a lower allowance race. Um, 
but he got John Velasquez for the first time. I guess I'm making the pitch for you, Rick. But, <laughs> um, he got Johnny Velasquez for the first time last start. And certainly if you didn't pick him, I wouldn't pick him. But he's, uh, to me, he's still a top contender. But that's the question, and that's probably what Bob was thinking, is four left and Tappet swimming could knock each other out. Because if you're going to pick these closers, and now you're going to make me pick a closer, um, if, if four left did not drop in, if he was in that Woody Stevens seven furlong sprint, um, I think that he might have got loose on the lead. And if he got loose on the lead, he's going to have to be again because it's only a mile and an eighth. Yeah, so ultimately, uh, as I said, uh, I had him as my third selection. I had Dr. Post and Tappet to win 2-3 on my uh, draft board. So I am uh, loving life here, quite frankly, where I'm sitting. Uh, so as it comes back to you, for your final two picks of the draft, uh, you have, again, a relatively prohibitive favorite in Tis the Law. And then uh, from there, I mean, I, the way I see it, you still have at least one or two selections here that really have a chance to make some noise. And there's always the chance of going off the board and going with a horse that's not even in this race in our Triple Crown draft. So uh, how do you see the next two ones going? Excuse me, Rick. The way, the way I see it, Steve should only have one more choice or no more choices and just give what uh, we pick next. But, okay. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm happy to pick one more. <laughs> you get both. I'm happy to, here's what I'm willing to do, Bob. I'm happy to pick one more. And then let you guys pick your third, and then I'll come back. No, 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 no. Beautiful. No, a rule, a rules are rules here. We're not going to change it up. Just by, there have been prohibitive favorites in years past, and uh, again, that's what I'm clinging to, sitting here with my second and third horses. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Uh, Bob might have a little more reason to complain, but I'm feeling good with my second and third ones. You make your well, second and third picks, Steve. I'm, 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 and, and, and Steve, Rick is the Rick is the the host, the master, uh, <laughs> I will be quiet and uh, <laughs> listen to your pick. Well, right. I, will, I, will just, I will just say this, Bob, and this is my advice to you. When I was third, I complained so much I wanted to draw on video so we could all see it. didn't happen. Somehow I came in third. So I think if you complain enough, I think what happens is, whether there's a real coin flip or not or whatever, picking something out of a hat, I think if you complain enough, that next year, you know, you probably be okay. <laughs> that seems to be the glee. That seems to be the uh, what you have to do. Let That's me... why you're the best, Steve. You know, it's not just thinking about like you know giving an excuse for this year, yeah. but it's angling for next year. Exactly. Exactly. That's, Steve... why, that's why this worked out. Uh, Anyways, okay, Steve. I'll Steve Callis. Steve Callis with the three-dimensional chess, as per always. And let me give you my best obligatory David Stern. The envelope was not frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Um, well, I think I will take in the race. I will take pneumatic. Um, again, you know, drew me outside. Uh, another closer. A lot depends if four left goes and tap it to win goes and they knock each other out. There'll be one coming with virtually everybody else we've talked about. You know, tis the Lord, Doctor Post, pneumatic. Uh, Sole Volante as um, Bob picked. I like him. He's going to be closer, of course, also. You know, in a 10-horse race, to me, if you have the one or the two, it's not terrible uh, because 10-horse race. Plus, with those sweeping turns at Belmont, and I know there's only one, but you just have more room as long as you can handle the track, which is another problem, uh, or which is potentially a problem, I should say. But, you know, I'll take uh, pneumatic uh, or whatever. 
Rasmussen, who's had his, you know, troubles, I will say. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame trainer. Um, and I give his horse a chance to be one of those flying at the end. Now, in the um, Matt Weiner, he was close. He lost to Maxfield, who's a really, really good horse, who, of course, is not in the Derby. Um, but I think he's going to try and more play. He doesn't strike me as a speed horse. He did have the rail. Uh, at Churchill, and that's probably why he did what he did in that race. Uh, but I like him to be, you know, near the not near the lead, but in the in the group in that group of closers, which I think we've picked them all now. At least for me, we've picked them all, which is why I'm probably gonna pick somebody else uh, not in the race because I don't know. I think Charlotte's okay. I think it was maybe Nadal retired. One that's, of those right. Horses. that's right. Huh? That's right. That's right. Um, so I will pick Pneumatic as my second selection. I would just pick Charlatan kind of on the blind. I don't know if he's going to be ready. I guess the Derby is until, uh, yeah, the Derby is next. It's the first week in September. So he's got another, you know, five weeks or six weeks. Um, and, you know, the reason this is a week, I think, is because Baffert, all the Baffert horses either got injured and retired or got injured and aren't ready for this race. So it's a generally weak Belmont field in my mind, and I think Pneumatic was the last one on my list. You guys picked the four that you picked were the other four that I liked. Um, so I'll take Pneumatic second, and I'll take as my second pick, and I'll take Charlatan as my third, because I'm going to take him third, because I don't want to pay him too much money. To <laughs> that's right. That's right. Before And before I get uh, Bob's thoughts on this, I will say, Steve, that, uh, again, uh, Pneumatic only having run a couple of races, but impressive in the victories uh, that it had. And uh, Charlotte also a very, very impressive horse in the lead-up to Triple Crown season as well. So I think you picked very well in those spots there. Uh, Bob, your thoughts on what Steve did? No, very smart. Uh, you know, take one for now and take one for, uh, <laughs> you know, for the future. And, uh, I you know, I'm just trying to get uh, get up and get uh, my one winner in this race. But um, but no, very very smart pick. And uh, what's really interesting about this again is just the strategy of who held back and who wants to win the Derby because of the Derby, no matter if it's in the fall or if it's the first race, it's still the Kentucky Derby, and uh, very uh, wise choice and. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Yes, uh, excellent choice. I feel like uh, you, you played your hand very, very well there. And I will say that uh, what that left me with, I'm actually getting the fifth horse that was on my draft board. Uh, the horse that I am taking is Modernist. And I do have to chuckle a little bit here from my research because it's the same thing that I said about uh, Dr. Post, that in looking into this, uh, it seemed to be, if you could be relatively sure that this horse is going to have a good trip, things should be good. Same thing with pneumatic. Pneumatic, or I'm sorry, uh, with modernist. Modernist seems to be a horse that is dependent on if it can get a good trip, should be fine. So, of course, gentlemen, with my luck, these horses are going to jostle themselves on the first turn there. They're going to knock each other out, I'm sure. So, <laughs> no. Thankfully, they're not really lined up close to one another, four and nine respectively, so uh, the chances of them jostling each other out of this uh, are, are slim, I guess, as much as my self-pity might tell me otherwise. 
but uh, that's going to be my selection here. So I will start with you, uh, Steve. Thoughts on Modernist? Well, I like him. He was next on my list. I just took a flyer with Charlotte. But Bill Mott, not only is he a whole trainer, he's a guy who, if he shows up at these races and puts them in the box, you know they have a chance. He's not a guy who just puts one in on a lark. And, you know, frankly, he won the Risen Star. He was third in the Louisiana Derby. Um, you know, again, those races, all of these races this year, frankly, didn't seem to be up to the, up to the snuff compared to races in the past. Uh, but I think the, the people who did drop in here, and Modernist is one of them, think they have a chance to win. I think virtually all of them are relying on the fact that maybe, you know, they'll get a, a, a bounce from Tid the Law, who, I will say this, even though I picked him because it's a three-race pick, he only won the Florida Derby in a minute, two seconds, and that is not fast at all. So, uh, but he is the best of the bunch. He's the only one with, uh, I think, any grade one stakes wins, and he's got two. Um, so I think that's just, that was the next one on my list. That's now the whole list of closers, I think, can win. Uh, we've all picked them. Uh, in these uh, first eight picks, I guess that is. All right, very good. I uh, like your thoughts there. Uh, Bob, your thoughts on uh, Modernist. Did I, did I end up snaking you? No, uh, you, did, you did not take the pick that uh, you're... Really, the only horse that I would not take is Max Player. That's okay. the only horse. So that means everybody listening, okay. everybody, the million people that will listen to this, <laughs> double down on uh, Linda Rice's uh, cult uh, Max Player. Well, there you go. So we can eliminate that one from your consideration. That leaves by my rudimentary grasp of math. Well, let's say a couple horses remaining. So, no, you, you've got, uh, uh, because uh, Steve went off the board and took a horse not in the Belmont, so you've still got two to pick from here uh, if you want, uh, or you could go off the board for another such horse. Uh, what are you looking at for the last pick of the draft? Uh, the, the Mr. You know, Irrelevant. And, and this, this, goes under, okay, this goes under the caveat of not Wells research, but uh, I will go for Wells Bayou. Okay. All right. Um, a horse, a topic for a horse, uh, or a horse that I think is going to be... Uh, uh, a contender down the road, and uh, most likely a pretender, or most likely probably will not race in, in any of the races. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's who I will choose for that pick. Okay. And I don't know if uh, if, if anybody even has uh, Wells Bayou on the board, but uh, at all. But um, be curious to hear if Steve has anything to say. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? I don't really have anything to say, but frankly, I haven't followed Baffert horses lately. I've followed them early. He's certainly got talent. Um, and if he can get there, you know, Baffert's another guy. If he's in, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta think he's live. So you never really are worried about that kind of thing. But, um, again, I just took a flyer on Charlatan. I know how good he was. But as often happens, when these horses, I think it's very rare, and I don't have steps to back this up, but it's kind of very rare, and I know this is a different year, but when you don't race in the first one, um, you never race in the Preakness, and then the only time you go back in the, in the uh, Belmont is because it's a mile and a half. Um, but Wells Bayou did win the Louisiana Derby, which I was just talking about, um, 
So, you know, he's the live horse. I don't know exactly what his health is right now. And that's a hard thing to get a grasp on, frankly, from a training perspective. These guys will just always tell you, yeah, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good. And then a week before, he can't race. They rarely say, he's no good, and I'm not going to race him in any triple crown race. Because I think you always hold out that hope, frankly, for the owners. <laughs> right. <laughs> that maybe there's a chance. And, and... Actually, as Bob said really intelligently before, it is an interesting angle with people kind of gear for the Derby, which is now in September, because you assume they gear all winter for the Derby, right, to be the first Saturday in May. Now it's the first Saturday in September, which is, of course, uh, literally four months after the first Saturday in May. So uh, I'll say it again. What If these horses are in the box and maybe Patrick's had to die on the Derby, you know, that would be interesting to know. But I think if his horses were healthy, he would have put them in here because that's the only way you can win the Triple Crown. And a guy like Baffert, I think, wants to try to win the Triple Crown every year because he's one of the few trainers in history who can actually do it. That's Have right. <laughs> he has proven that, no question about it. As far as picks on the race, I mean, again, for me, it's just the boring chalk perspective. I will take Tis the Law uh, to win. I know you guys might have some win place show recommendations here. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Bob. What, 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 what's your card going to look like on betting day? Uh, it will, it will happen probably at this point. I'll be, I, I, you know, I, I hate the term I told somebody earlier today, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Does that mean when you say to be honest, I'm not honest the balance of the time? That's right. No. <laughs> you have to say, disdain that term. I'm always honest, so, you know. You have to say to be I totally know what you're talking about. When someone says that, you got to look at them sideways. But I think better, are you not, are you, are you not honest like 98% of the time? But yeah. I, think, level I, think, with us, I think the better way to go is to be frank. Yeah. 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 Or to be blunt. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. I get the <laughs> feeling when a guy, when, and a lot of people say that, as you know. And when they say to be honest, I immediately look at it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So what is it? Is this? Are you changing pace here now? Is, That's are right. you stepping out and telling the truth now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, Steve and Rick, excuse me, but uh, not to deviate for too long. But in, in that way, and knowing and knowing Steve, uh, I don't want to pick a horse who's going to have the injury record of one uh, Olivier Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> we can all commiserate about that, the three of us, can't we, from our fandoms? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, so who's it going to be then, Bob? Who, who, who do you like? Um, I will take, um, going on the, the theory of the second horse or the lesser horse of a trainer, and a good trainer, uh, the number five, uh, Farmington Road, uh, Todd Pletcher with uh, Javier Castellano, a good boy and a good boy at Belmont uh, at in the past. All right, so Farmington Road, so that's, so your pick to win is a horse that none of us picked for our teams? <laughs> Am I hearing this right? I think he's just being honest. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Uh well, I'm I'm put in mind of the movie uh, Dodgeball. That's an interesting strategy. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> so, all right, Farmington Road is the selection. Uh, Steve, what's your card looking like on Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna pick Tappet to win. To win, I really liked him. I really liked him before the draw. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> before I saw that, you know, the other speed horse, of course, four left dropped in. Because I really think, 
Now, you guys talked about a win at Belmont. He had an incredible win at Belmont. Again, almost broke the track record. Went 133-2 and two for the mile, and he cut that all himself. Uh-huh. I mean, to go 22-45-109-133-2 for a mile at Belmont. Uh-huh. Uh, I understand it wasn't, you know, a grade one or two stake. It wasn't an allowance race, but... Um, you know, the horse he beat, that Mystic Gold Horse, I think his name was, he's a pretty nice, he's a three-year-old, but he's a pretty nice horse, and he just drew off from them, and the chart said something like, you know, not not held up, but eased up, he wasn't eased up, but he didn't get after him in the deep stretch, he got after him in the mid-stretch, maybe because when you have a five-length lead, some of these horses, you know, they get to looking around, and they get lazy, or they want to slow down, uh, but in the deep stretch, he was just, you know, riding them, and I'll say it again, I know 110 yards is a long thing, but from a mile and a 16th to a mile and an eighth, as opposed to what normally happens to a mile and a quarter, that's a big difference. So I don't think I'll be picking Tappet to win, uh, certainly at the Derby at a mile and a quarter. But you never know, he is a Tappet, and they're bred for distance. Uh, a lot of people thought this horse couldn't go the distance, and, and uh, his trainer, you know, Mark Cassie, just got into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he thinks he can, and we're going to find out. But for him to already do what he did at a mile and the 16th, at the track he's going to race at. So you were talking about the horse, um, Rick uh, Sony Volante, who was at race 10 days ago. Well, frankly, Tappet to Win did it at Belmont at this meet 16 days ago because that was opening day. Right. So they wanted to get a race in. And, you know, they even questioned Mark Cassie, but he's a guy... Uh, again, with an excellent reputation, just made the Hall of Fame. But he's a guy who, uh, you know, he does that. His theory is different from a lot of people in that his theory is when they're racing good, race them. Right. But as somebody else pointed out, this is his third race in three days, which I did not know. I know it wasn't the second race in like 17 days. Right. But his third race in 42 days for a modern day thoroughbred, that's a lot of racing. But to me, he looks so good. And the assistant trainer, um, he said, that he's trained better since his win at Belmont than he was before the win at Belmont. So, you know, Mark Cassie, he might be onto something. And interestingly, and this doesn't matter from a historical perspective, I think, because of the length of the race, but he won he the Belmont um, and the Preakness last year, Mark Cassie, with two different horses. Okay. So he's actually trying to win three Triple Crown races in a row because of the weirdness of it all. But my point right. being, of course, you know, He's won a lot of the point is, of course, he's won a lot of uh, big races. And just to go back to Tis the Law for a second, his jock we should mention is uh, Manny Franco, who is a rising superstar in New York. He's been the leading rider in New York in 2018 and 2019. He was the leading rider in New York in 2020 until the world came in. And so obviously he knows Belmont very well. He won the Aqueduct meet earlier in the year. And... um, I'll say this, I know it's his first Belmont, I think it's his first Triple Crown race, and as good as he is, uh, I think it's kind of going into the playoffs, if you will, to use an analogy, and then going into the finals, where it's two kind of different from the regular season to the playoffs to the finals, is almost three different speeds that everyone talks about. Right. I think it's similar for jocks in their first start, I'm not saying he's going to screw up, he's a top jock already, uh, and he has the best horse in the race. But if you're looking for reasons to try and beat him, I think that's a reason. And again, tap it to win is John Blackwell's first time he, he raced him was on opening day at Belmont. And I'll say it again, what he did was just jaw-dropping to me. 
and he's coming back 16 days later. The other thing with Tis the Law, he last raced on March 28th, so he almost hasn't raced in three months. Right. And nobody does that during Triple Crown season. It's just because of the coronavirus this got all messed up. If you race March 28th and then you race, you know, the first Saturday in May, that's the perfect setup. Beginning of April, end of March, that's perfect. But when the Derby gets canceled and now you're going to wait three months, uh, I think that's a negative as well. So I'm always trying to beat the favorite, you know that, Rick. So I'm going to take Tappet to win. And I would have come on, on here four left wasn't in the race and say, I really like him because he's going to have the lead in three steps. He's got, even though he's got the one, and that's bad. That's bad, especially, you know, he's got to go. Velasquez has to go now. He doesn't have a choice. But I think he's going to have the lead in just a few steps. But now if he's pressured, then you'll be looking at the closers that we all picked, the rest of the closers. Uh, and we'll see if Bob's four left can be really that good. Because if he can beat Tappet to win, that'll be... Uh, uh, I think an incredible win for four left because Tappet to win did something you rarely see at Belmont. Uh, and so we know he loves the track, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, so I'll take Tappet to win. I will use, uh, I think Tiz the Law is not going to be terrible, but I think he might be just off enough to get beat. And then I'd probably run everybody else down for third and fourth because that's not a high. Yeah. You know, that, that could be a high number that I'm looking for, you know, 50 to 1 shots to come in third. Right, right. Um, and I, I might save with that chalk exact uh, just to get my money back, but I do like Tappet to win, to win still, um, but I'm certainly not as confident as I was before I knew this four left was going to be in the, uh, sure. in the, actually in the Belmont. Well, Tappet to win, I will say again, from your lips to God's ears, we can only hope that that's the case. Gentlemen, I can't thank both of you enough uh, for being a part of this here. Thank you so much, Steve Callis, Bob Glassman, for making time for us today for our 2020 preview of the Belmont Stakes. Thank you, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1243.